Let's do this podcast. Yeah, you're going to do it? You're going to deglaze it? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, joining me on the line as he does every week on the show, it is Mike Reyes from CinemaBlend.com. Sorry, I stumbled into a South Park thing there, and I don't know why, but it was freaking hilarious to me that's okay buddy have you it seen happens have you seen life. that uh that south park where they're uh where, where randy's all in the cooking and there's like a you know the old phone sex you know numbers out there that you'd call and be like what do you do you know yeah did you ever see the episode no i didn't but it's funny you mentioned that because on my universal trip i did actually turn on uh comedy central <laughs> as like background at, the, at like at the end of the day just sort of winding yeah, yeah, down yeah. and everything and uh, I stumbled upon a couple of South Park episodes, one I remembered watching, one I did not remember watching, and both were, of course, hysterical. Uh, anyways, uh, Mike Reyes from CinemaBlend.com, welcome to the show once again. Uh, how are you doing, my friend? Doing well. And uh, for reference, the two episodes that I saw were the one that I did I had seen was uh, the episode where they try to go for like the record of saying <laughs> as many times on TV as they can. Okay. And then the other episode that I didn't remember was the uh, the Civil War reenactment where Cartman convinces <laughs> the Confederacy to win because <laughs> he's General Lee. And the, the the thing that I loved about that episode was it reminded me of the early era of Cartman when it was like he was putting ah at the end of every word like authority. And then he's saying things like, "Gentlemen, you will become my prophetess." He's like, "No, no, 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 we will, we, we will have supremacy and the confederacy, and just that." Oh, it's really funny. It's wonderful. It's really, really funny. So, uh, yeah, good time. So we got a lot to get to this week. As a lot of uh, different stuff from the movie world out there. Uh, between trailers dropping, everything that came out during the big game this weekend, Mike went on a trip. Uh, there's some movie reviews in there. We are going to be doing some time traveling this week because, uh, Madam Web is out and, uh, Mike has not seen it yet. So we'll get to the, uh, review from that, uh, at the very end of this. I just want to say this though. The reviews I've heard about it is not good. Oh, that's, that's putting it mildly. I have heard an all around full stop, no breaks, trouncing of this movie and I don't think we I mean I think this is the second time we've seen that this year because I if I remember correctly Night Swim was did didn't do do it do that well itself but yeah this is just it sounds like this is going to be a bloodbath and I can't wait <laughs> to see it uh with that in mind real quick and we kind of talked about this off air today uh, another movie that got kind of trounced not as bad as this by any stretch of the imagination but I want to jump into the Marvels for just a second. Oh, boy. Here we go. Walk up, guys. Walk up. So, uh, long story short, I just wanted to, I just wanted to say that I, I, I watched like 90% of the movie the other day. I had it on in the background. I was doing some other stuff, and um, I just wanted something on in the background. I flipped around Disney, and I saw it was out, and I'm like, okay, what the hell? I'll put it on, right? Yeah. I For a movie that's... You know, I it, it got pretty blasted by people, right? Right? Am I remembering correctly? Yeah, it was not. It, it was not well received. Let's let's be honest here. I'm gonna tell you this. I didn't hate it near as much as I thought I would for the reasons I thought I would. If that makes any sense. Sure. So, long story short, um, I thought they made uh, Carol Danvers, uh, Brie Larson's character, a lot more likable in this movie. 
Like, I didn't cringe every time she talked about something. Okay? Yeah. Um, Captain uh, Photon, or Photon, isn't it? Yeah, Mo- uh, I think that's Monica Rambeau. I really liked her character. I really liked uh, her interactions with people. And then uh, Kamala, uh, Miss Marvel. I didn't watch the series on Disney+, Plus, but I really enjoyed her in this movie. The problem of the whole movie was it was such a shitty story. Yeah, like I think I said as much when the movie first came out. My problem was not with the actors or characters. It was just the conflict itself was not set up well. There, The story was just missing a lot. And it was to the point where it's like, what are we doing here? Yeah, it's uh, like I said, I had it on the background. But when I was watching it, like I didn't, again... I didn't hate Brie Larson's character in it. No, like there, there, there was great chemistry between the three of them, and the character. Like I said, the like you said, even the characters themselves definitely. I mean, there was even an upgrade when you went from Captain Marvel to Avengers Endgame. Like there was definitely an upgrade there too. A little bit. Um, I still have an issue with her in the early movies because. You were brought up with all of these characters, like these are your heroes, these are the people that the story revolves around, and then all of a sudden, you're going to love Captain Marvel. Who? You love Captain Marvel. She's the strongest and the best of all these people, but but I've grown up with it. You love Captain Marvel. It's the same thing the WWE did with Brock Lesnar for a time, Roman Reigns, Ronda Rousey. I didn't like her being crammed down my throat. Yeah, even so, though, to be honest... Uh... Scarlet Witch was the the most powerful because she took on Thanos like <laughs> bare knuckle, and I I will never forgive pe- even though I I have my issues with Wandavision I will never forgive people for trying to put her in like the lowest tier of Avengers. It's like no, no, that's not how this works. She is much more powerful than that, and you saw it. Don't lie to me. Yeah, no, I always thought that too. She was always undervalued. You know, she was a bargain. If you did the, uh, what was it? Build your team with $25. You remember those charts? Yeah, it was like build, build your team for 15 and she was in the dollar tier. It's like, great. So for a dollar or for like, I could probably do this in $3. Yeah. Like I, if we, if we look up that meme now, we could game that out. Oh, oh I wonder if I could. <laughs> so anyways, I just wanted to say that um, I know I come down on, uh, Captain Marvel and uh, the whole character of Car- uh, Carol Danvers and all that. I-, I didn't hate her in this, but it wasn't for the reasons that I usually would. Uh, Mike Reyes from CinemaBlend.com on the line with me. Uh, let's dive into some of the uh, news and Marvel-specific uh, during the big game. Uh, we've got our first look at Deadpool 3. And I'm going to tell you right now, I don't care what you say about it. That trailer was amazing. Well, I don't care what you say about it because I thought it was fantastic as well. Uh, amazing's better. Whatever. Okay. <laughs> it, was, it, it was a very, you know what? Just to, just to f- with you, I'm going to, you know, it was a serviceable trailer that did its job. F- you. It was, it was great. It was fantastic. I had a lot of fun watching that. It's been a while since we've seen Ryan Reynolds' Deadpool, and that trailer did everything it needed to to remind us that. Of of that character and that charm. And, yeah, the the R-ratedness is not going away anytime soon. I think they're going to hit big with this one. I hope so. And, I mean, that, that's I'm hoping it's as good as Deadpool 1. I remember liking Deadpool 2 enough, but I wasn't totally on – like, I wasn't totally as enthralled with it as 1. But there's been some time. There's been some years. So I'm I'm willing to revisit both of them again. 
And I think that might have also been the problem with the space between one and two. It's like they hit with that Deadpool movie. They're like, we got to make another one. Come on, let's go. And then it was like, okay. Yeah, I'll give you that. The The second one, not nearly as good as the first one, but God, that first one was so good and it was so different than what Marvel was doing at the time. I think that's oh, why I yeah. loved it so much, you know? And now to see that try to fit into everything else is is going to be beautiful. And, you know, Marvel Jesus trying to save everything. <laughs> I am Marvel Jesus. <laughs> oh, it's so awesome. Very well done. I can't wait for this to come out. Uh, Mike Reyes from CinemaBlend.com on the line. Uh, one of the other uh, trailers we got during the big game was Wicked, which I don't know much about Wicked, but I thought it looked pretty good. Um at least good enough that I'd probably give it a try. Yeah, I like I'm limited to my knowledge, but I know of the show. It's a uh, it's based off of a book, and the movie is based off of the Broadway show that's based off of that book, and it's going to be two parts. I'm surprised okay. they're not leaning into that with this marketing because it just says Wicked, and like I've already seen people say they should call it Wicked Act One, because everybody knows that they filmed two movies, but. Oh. I guess they're not banking on that fact. They're like, well, we can lure people in with Wicked and then we can pull an it where it's like at the end, if they really like it, it's like, oh, end of act one. And then they say, yeah, Wicked act two is coming. Okay. I I don't know much. But, like I said, I don't know a ton about it, but I, I it was enough that I was interested in it. And I thought, okay, this looks kind of interesting. Yeah. Alternate retelling of the Wicked Witch of the West story you've got Cynthia Arrivo playing the Wicked Witch of the West Elphaba and then you've got Ariana Grande playing Galinda the Good Witch you've also got Michelle Yeoh's in this cast uh uh Jeff Goldblum <laughs> there's it, 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 it's from John M. Chu who directed In the Heights and also did the step some of the step up movies it looks phenomenal and they're te they tease just enough because they showed you what Elphaba looks like that's something I thought they might have held on to for a little longer, but they showed you Cynthia Revo in the makeup as Alphaba. And then you hear some of her big number from the show, Defying Gravity. You hear just enough of that song to tease you into knowing that that's, that's the hot <laughs> but they don't play the whole thing. And that's fine by me. And then you give me the wonderful visuals. You see Michelle Yeoh's character. You see Jeff Goldblum as the wizard. A little bit of the the teasing of how Oz is going to tie into this, the uh, the Wizard of Oz story. Mike Reyes from CinemaBlend.com. What else did we get that night? We got A Quiet Place, I believe, uh, day Quiet one. Quiet Place, day one, which also went up before the game. It, okay. it looks okay, but honestly, how is this not a short movie when – I think I said this last time. I'm, I'm still going to keep saying it until I see the movie. How is this not a short movie with New York being invaded by the Quiet Place monsters? One of the noisiest – most active cities in the world getting overrun by monsters attracted by sound. That sounds like a half hour job to me, but anyway, it looks okay. Uh, we got another look at the fall guy, which I loved because it's just so quick, sharp. It's very, it's not showing too much more of the movie. It was like a minute long and they're like, what is the, the fall guy has everything like Taylor Swift music, space cowboys, Ryan mother Gosling, Emily mother blunt and just all this and of course the title cards are uh, censored for that but it's just had all the the quick cuts and like random stuff that is in the movie and it's like cool i'm glad that you're not just showing another trailer because we'd gotten one not too long ago and this is after the movie moved its release date up from march to may because 
it's all of a sudden, I guess, since Marvel only has one movie coming out this year, other studios are being emboldened to take up space on the calendar that they normally wouldn't. By the way, but we're awful cussy look- this week. <laughs> well, part of it is the commercial's fault. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I part guess. of it is society's fault. Well, yes, of course, of course. Yeah, but we'll, we'll, we'll try and keep it clean for the rest of the show, I guess. Oh, f- that. Mike Reyes from CinemaBlend.com online with me. <laughs> It's just me. Pure comedy timing. Pure, pure, pure comedy gold, everybody. Hey, everybody, look at me. What other, I feel like there was one other trailer or maybe like a couple, one that didn't really stand out. Something that I forget. I didn't see the one for If. I know If had a a Super Bowl trailer. Oh, they did the uh, Um, office joke in it. Which office joke? Uh, Who's the director of it? John Grizz. Oh, yes, John Krasinski. uh, I know that there's been teases for it where they had Randall Park. Yeah, it was. Uh, I, just, I I don't know if they called him Asian Jim on the show, but basically, I know the whole joke was, "Hey, these guys are both Jim. We can't tell them apart." So they had Randall Park saying he was John Krasinski in the ad. Yeah, it was very funny. Like my wife, she go, I she didn't remember that scene, and she's a big Office fan. And uh, I uh, I go, how do you not know this? She's like, I don't. I think you're lying. So I sent her to the. I had to send her the clip, and she goes, Okay, I remember that now. Like, okay, thanks. Then, of course, today, as in Wednesday, the 14th, Valentine's Day, everybody, uh, we got the Godzilla and Kong New Empire trailer. Well, the official trailer, too. Yes, this is the second trailer for Godzilla Kong the New Empire. And what'd you think? Oh, I'm still excited for this movie. (laughs) And I'm even more excited because they showed off more of Dan Stevens, who's uh, last teamed up with Adam Wingard and the guest. Some of you may know him as Cousin Matthew from Downton Abbey. He's also been in other thing. Well, he's also been in other stuff like uh, what else? I think he was in Eurovision, that movie on Netflix. Yeah, Eurovision uh, was he, funny. He, I need to see Eurovision. Eurovision was actually a lot of like it was dumb. Uh, it was dumb Chris or Chris Farley. It was dumb Will Ferrell stuff, but it was it was funny. I enjoyed it. Yeah, he's also been in. Uh, he was on Legion on FX. Uh, something else that they should totally cross over with in terms of Deadpool. I would I would love to see that. But yeah, he's he's been all over and he just looks like he's having so much fun in this kind of like a, I hate to fall back on Star Wars archetypes, but he kind of looks like a Han Solo type in here. He's just kind of like, he's winging it. He's smiling and winking at people and he's having all <laughs> sorts of fun. And that's the kind of Dan Stevens I love to see, especially when uh, he's also in Abigail. That uh, did we talk about the Abigail trailer? No, I don't know anything about Abigail. Or oh, her trailer. oh, dude, what, what did Abigail I miss? looks like. I don't know if we should take time for you to watch it, but uh, this is a tra- This is a movie where in the trailer you have characters saying things along the lines of "We kidnapped a f-ing vampire, a f-ing vampire ballerina." I feel like I know something about this. This group kidnaps a young girl for a huge ransom, and she turns out to be a vampire, and madness ensues and i kind of wish they didn't tell you that in the trailer but at the same time it's like fine whatever you know what you you have you have hooked my interest i am going to watch this it's from radio silence uh matt bettinelli open and tyler gillette or gillette the uh the directors behind the latest scream movie and also they've done like a ton of uh vhs anthologies uh real quick uh speaking of like just crazy movies did you ever see the thing that it, it would be the CIA is trying to assassinate Clark Kent, but they don't know he's Superman. Yes. 
I have seen that. I would love that movie. It would probably have to be an off-brand deal, but I love that movie. I don't know what made me just think of that. <laughs> or maybe instead of them dying, it's like they're trying to kill him, and they keep falling into these horrible circumstances. He keeps saving their asses to the point where at the end they're like, you know what? He's he's done. We can't. You know what? It's it's just get someone else to do the job. Good luck. I just love the thing of uh, he uh, he <laughs> they keep they keep trying to kill him but can't figure out why. <laughs> he's just a mild mannered reporter. What the hell does he have up his sleeve? Exactly. That's the best. What else do we got? That that kind of takes care of the trailers, doesn't it? I think so. There was a lot uh, over the last couple of days. That's why I'm kind of struggling to make sure we we got most of them or. Or at least the ones that make sense, you know? Well, I know we also had, a, there was a Twister. The first trailer for Twister oh, came out. Yeah. The second trailer, yeah, the second trailer for Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes came out. I think we got another Inside Out 2 look. And I haven't, the, the only one I haven't seen is the Inside Out one. But I saw Twisters and I saw Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Uh, you were okay with the uh, the Twisters thing, right? Twisters looks interesting. It definitely, I, I, I would show up for that, uh, even though I was not a huge fan of the first one, but I kind of feel like rewatching the first one after seeing that trailer. How are you not, a, first, how are like you not it, a fan of the first Twister? I just wasn't. Like, I'm sorry. I wasn't a huge fan of, of, of Twister 1. You weirdo. That's like pure Americana right there. Oh, I'm so sorry. Boo, he hates America. He doesn't like the Twisters. <laughs> They're taking our job. <laughs> the Twisters are taking their germs. Sorry, I fell back into the South Park thing there for a second. <laughs> That's more than okay with me, my friend. Uh, yeah. do, do you ever watch, uh, uh, oh, what's his name? It's The Cook on like YouTube, and it's Babish, I believe is his name. Oh, yeah, Binging with Babish. Yeah, he remade the the breakfast from Twisters. From Twister, excuse me. Yeah, that was pretty. Yeah, we don't know what the. I was gonna say we don't know what the breakfast and twisters will be like. Yeah, hopefully they have a ode to that or something. Yeah, well, that movie has a rather interesting history to it because there was a draft of it that, or there was a, an incarnation of it that Helen Hunt was helping create, and then for some reason that went nowhere. Did I ever tell you my uh, thing about Twister? No. So for whatever reason, my son Jace got really into the movie. Okay. Like really into the movie. So we bought it and we would watch it and, you know, do all the things and, you know, watch Twister together. It hit me at the very beginning of the movie when they're going, when the big F5 is coming towards uh, the house when she's a little girl. Yeah. Her dad didn't need to die. No, no. It's another Man of Steel uh, scenario. Because if you go in, they're going in and I can just imagine the conversation between two married people, especially that have been together for a while. The... You yeah. look at the the bunker that they're going into, like it's in the ground, it's cement, there are even circular shaped windows built into it. Like this thing is is high class in the world of, you know, bunkers, right? Yeah. They show the the door for it and it's like, what's the cheapest hinge I can buy at the hardware store and that's what I'm going to go with. And I can just hear the wife asking, "Are you sure those hinges are good enough?" and the husband saying, "I'd bet my life on it." Oh. But but you look at the thing and like they're standing in the back of the bunker and it's they're fine. They're like their hair isn't even going nuts with the wind. 
But dad's over there holding on to this $5 door he built for this million dollar bunker. And he gets sucked into it and dies. He deserved it. Or maybe he just wanted to go live with the Twisters. Maybe. Guess maybe. what, honey? The Twisters understand me. I mean, uh, why not? So, anyways, uh, Mike Reyes from Don't worry. Someday you'll understand my sacrifice. I hate being married. (laughs) I'm a roaming free spirit. She doesn't understand me. I'm like a bird. I'm going to fly away. Fly away. Fly far, far away. Oh, no. Yes, I worked it into Forrest Gump. How about me? Yeah, man. Ah. Uh, like I'm a, not a smart man, but I know how to outrun a tornado. <laughs> uh, speaking of Tom Hanks, rewatched uh, Apollo 13 this weekend too. That movie's perfect. It it is until you realize, like you know, whenever they show them and they're like floating in gravity and stuff. Yeah. And you imagine them that there really is gravity. They may just be kind of moving and swaying. <laughs> Yes, because it was all just filmed on a, a a lot in Burbank, and we never really went to the moon. I know, I know, but it's just funny. Like, oh my god, we don't the CO two thing's gonna be uh, going up, and they're just just swaying. <laughs> <laughs> don't get me wrong, I love yeah, that movie. Um, I really enjoy that movie. So yeah, it's 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 a favorite of mine. Okay. Uh, all right. As we get towards the end of this this week, what else were we going to talk about? We got a couple. Uh, we'll have the Madam Web review coming up here shortly. Uh, you did go see Bob Marley. Uh, what did we think of that? It was okay. I think it was good. But the thing is, I'm a relative newcomer to like I knew who, I obviously knew who Bob Marley was. Yeah. I didn't know much about his story, but I knew who Bob Marley was. And this movie is. I feel like it's more built for fans that are coming in with more knowledge than just a straight up newcomer. Okay. Uh, because it focuses on, uh, a, it, it focuses on like a handful of years in his life towards the end of his career. So it was like, I think it starts out in 76 and goes, it's like between 76 and 78, I think it covers. Okay. So you see things like, uh, the smile Jamaica tour uh, concert and, uh, the, 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 you see Exodus, basically going into uh the studio and the the whole they have a the whole uh the stereotypical uh biopic scene where it's like this is never gonna work and it turns out to work brilliantly and it's (laughs) michael gandolfini playing this record executive who's like that cover's not gonna work people are gonna think old testament blah 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 and then it's like ah yeah it's gonna be fine and and of course it works out but i just feel like a lot of those movies Especially when it's musical people, it's they're all kind of the same movie over and over again. Well, that's see the way that this the way that uh, Bob Marley One Love separates itself is that it's not a totally traditional biopic in the sense that it's not just talking about his life from day one to okay. day, it's not cradle to grave and that's it. Like they, it's a, like I said, it's a handful of years in his later, like a handful of years towards his death, and then. It's also some flashbacks to his childhood, go, go, providing some important details. But it also feels like it's more focused on the message that Bob Marley tried to put out into the world than just like his life. It's like, yeah, Bob Marley was a man, and this movie's about that man, but it's more 
it's more interested in this was the message he was putting out into the world and how he put that message out and what it did. Okay. Well, that's, that's fine. I think it looks good. I thought I, uh, like, I want to give it a try. Yeah. And I mean, of course there's, you know, fantastic performances. You have uh, Kingsley Benadir playing Bob Marley. Uh, Lashana Lynch plays his wife, Rita. And it's, it, it, it's, it is a good film. It's also a little under two hours. So I was kind of surprised because I felt it could have taken a little more time to sort of develop and, and put some more of the the details that we needed into it. But it's still, you know, it's still very much a, if you want to, it's the first biopic I can think of where I can say you can go and just vibe with it. Okay. All right. And I think that's kind of what Bob Marley would have wanted in the first place. And that's you know, it's probably a testament to the fact that uh, uh, several members of his surviving family and some of his, the people that knew him and worked with him we're actually consultants and executive producers helping get the film made. That's good when that happens because then you feel like there's a little bit more real that this may be how it was. Yeah, it's it's good and bad because then you have a situation like Bohemian Rhapsody where the rest of Queen really wanted a certain image and a certain tone to be struck. Yeah. And, you know, you lost out on Sasha Baron Cohen playing Freddie Mercury as a result. Oh, yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah, I'm still sore that that didn't happen. I mean, Rami Malek's a good actor, but when you could have had Sacha Baron Cohen, who is a, more of a dead ringer for Freddie Mercury and just does not get enough chances to be dramatic and play outside of his wheelhouse, that would have been, I would have loved that. Wow. I forgot, boy, I <laughs> forgot all about that. Yeah. Ah, awesome. All sure right. A lot of people have. <laughs> Uh, Mike Reyes from CinemaBlend.com on the line with me right now. As uh, we get towards the end, are we missing anything? We did talk the fantastic forecasting, right? No, we did not. Ah, we I need thought, to talk I, the. I figured that was. Yeah, let's talk the. Yeah, let's uh, let's do that. Yeah, well, Fantastic Four was cast, and and, and sadly, we're, we're we're too many years uh, removed that we can't get Norm Macdonald as a uh, Reed Richards. But you know, whatever it it is, what it is. You people don't want. Who <laughs> would be it. the best Reed Richards ever? That or Doctor Doom. <laughs> oh man, no, 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 no. Okay, so if you went into that as like totally taking the piss out of it, Norm Macdonald as uh, Reed Richards, Will Ferrell as Doctor Doom. <laughs> that could be really no. John Lovitz as Doctor Doom. <laughs> okay, John Lovitz, and then you have like, all right. So so the rest of the Fantastic Four, you could probably get. Uh, Molly Shannon or Anna Gasteyer as Sue Storm. Okay. You bring in Tim Meadows as uh, who would you bring? Maybe Tim Meadows as Johnny Storm, just for fun. And then the thing, uh, who would you bring in for the thing? Adam Sandler doing one of his weird voices. Either Adam Sandler or if we're if we're really digging into the uh, the spiritual toy box here, Chris Farley. Belushi. Oh, Belushi is the th oh oh man. That would have been great. John Belushi as the thing. Why not? <laughs> uh, uh, I'm really sad now. Oh. I'm really sad. All right. Anyways, uh, we finally, uh, they made it official. They put out a, uh, essentially a Valentine's Day card earlier this week. And I say week because by the time you hear this, it'll be a couple days ago. Uh, but uh, who's yeah. our Fantastic Four? Pedro Pascal as Reed Richards slash Mr. Fantastic. Stop right then there. Pause, Kirby pause, pause, pause. Have you seen uh, him in the Nicolas Cage movie yet? No. God. All right, keep going. I know, I need to. Yes, you do. Uh, Vanessa, Kirby, 
Vanessa Kirby as Sue Storm slash The Invisible Woman. Eben Moss Bacharach as Ben Grimm slash The Thing. And Joseph Quinn as Johnny Storm slash The Human Torch. Uh, you had uh, Eben is from The Bear. Yes, um, that is Richie from The Bear. What's Vanessa Kirby in? Uh, Vanessa Kirby was in Mission Impossible, Fallout, and Dead Reckoning. She plays the White Widow, Alana Mitsopoulos. Uh, she was also in Hobbs and Shaw as uh, Shaw's younger sister. Okay, and Joseph Quinn was in. And Joseph Quinn was Eddie from Stranger Things. This this past season that was up. Oh, okay. okay. All right, those are yeah, interesting so, um... choices. Um, I love the Pedro Pascal, you know, him being in the MCU. The other ones I, I never really thought about as, you know, parts of the Fantastic Four. I'm excited about it all. I'm, I am totally on board with that whole cast. And yeah. I love the, uh, in the card, uh, the Pedro Pascal just looks like that looks like him in there, you know? I know the likeness on everybody is insanely accurate. And just, it's also this cute sort of Americana, retro future 60s look to it. Like, even the logo and the Marvel Studios logo kind of looks like the Cinerama Dome's old yeah. logo. Uh, you've got Ben Grimm reading Life magazine. He has an old school astronaut photo. The the Even down to the font and just the interior decor and all the, like, little winky stars. It's, like, very... Night, it's very retro future 60s, the, the future that we were promised but never got. And that's even more okay. of a reason why I'm excited for that. So they, they were trying to do that at one point. I think uh, Peyton Reed, before he went to do Ant-Man, was trying to get a Fantastic Four version off the ground where it was set in the 60s. Well, that's my question. Are we? Is this going to be a modern telling of it? Is it going to be a 60s telling of it? Is it going to be in the... Well, is it going to be in the regular MCU? Is this going to be something that's opened up from the Deadpool stuff? What do we think is going to happen here? It's going to, first of all, it's absolutely MCU. It is MCU proper. It is from Marvel Studios. So that's no question. The two options that we have on the table here are we're looking at a Michael Crichton slash timeline scenario where this is an alternate universe where the retro future we were promised happened. And this could be their version of 2025 where it's like, still swinging 60s and all that or even like fallout kind of has that sort of thing yeah okay or this could be another case where we're going to a story earlier in the timeline and then the fantastic four have been missing since the 60s or whatever and that works for me too because we still have that era of time between agent carter and first avenger and ant-man slash of endgame 70s 80s stuff that hasn't been touched. Okay. Yeah, so that'll be way, interesting. Those options work. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And that film will be out, ladies and gentlemen, on July 25th, 2025, provided everything holds up and there's no other delays. Uh, you never know what could happen. Mike Reyes from CinemaBlend.com joins me every week on the show to talk about movies and such. All right, we'll do some time travel here, and we'll be back with a breakdown of Madam Web because I really feel like it is going to be a breakdown. Oh, Let's crank one out. All right. Time, tra <laughs> time travel complete, my friends. It is uh, the, the next day. And I don't know why, but my headphones are all messed up to where I can barely hear myself, but I hear you just fine. That's all that matters. Yeah, I, I, I guess so. And it looks like no, I don't get that. Yeah, it's weird. But anyways. Uh, Mike Reyes from CinemaBlend.com is back with me. Uh, we're going to talk about Madam Webb. 
And uh, apparently uh, there is a, another Marvel trailer out this morning, as in uh, Thursday the 15th. And we're going to be talking about that as well. Uh, so let's dive into it. Uh, Madam Web is the uh, big new movie out this weekend. And as previously stated in this conversation, neither Mike or I had heard any good reviews on this thing. Not no, one. No, we had not. No. All right. Mike Reyes went to see it last night. What did Mike Reyes have to say about it? Mike Reyes can't give a good review to Madam Web. Ah! Which, okay, before no. you dive into why, that's saying something because I feel like you're a guy that usually tries to find the good in a movie. Like, you try, even if it's, the, you know, the worst movie ever, you try and find something good to say about it. Madam Web, not so much. Um, they waste so much potential right down to the point where this movie is dancing around. Oh God! Oh, I, I could. If, if anybody really cares about spoilers for Madam Web, I'm gonna jump into them right now. Um, <laughs> this movie takes place in 2003. It is a film whose plot basically treats the world as if Blu-ray hadn't been invented yet, and I think the film should be treated as such. Okay. As in, just release it to DVD. Don't don't even give it a Blu-ray. It doesn't. It doesn't. Need doesn't one. deserve it. Like this, this, this feels like a movie that was just written and made back in in the early Sony days of Marvel, okay. where there was no Marvel Studios and like Ghost Rider is just around the corner because the movie takes place in two thousand three, and that's a, well, there's 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 a quick beginning in nineteen seventy three which shows us Madame Webb's uh, a birth, uh, Dakota Johnson's character, Cassandra Webb. Yeah, because you know Cassandra, because she she can see the future, you know, cause, and Webb, because you know Spider. <laughs> Spiders, you know, future spider. Call it future spider. Yeah. It's, uh, uh, so basically, this movie posits the question, what if a superhero's ultimate power was telling everyone when to duck? <laughs> because that, that's basically what, what the big third act set piece is. It's her telling these girls, duck, throw these flares here, do this, da 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 And basically... Madam Web becomes mom to the conveniently orphaned Super Squad. So, is this in the MCU? Yes. Oh, really? Well, 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 well. It technically is, but there's not much connective tissue. Like, you're not seeing any Stark Industries ads. You're not, you know, there's not a lot. The the, the basic thing is this movie, since Sony only has – Spider-Man properties, the Spider-Man universe, Sony Spider-Man universe, because they only have Spider-Man and like adjacent characters. This is technically dancing around Peter Parker's birth, because Peter Parker is born in this. We meet his mom, uh, and big spoiler to anyone who didn't already know this: Adam Scott is Uncle Ben. Really, Adam Scott is now the MCU's Uncle Ben, unless they decide to somehow distance this movie and like retcon it and not even treat it as anything. But if for all intents and purposes at this moment, Adam Scott is the Marvel's the MCU's uncle Ben. He's friends with Cassie cause they're both paramedics. And then, you know, she almost dies and that's when her spider sense powers are activated. And she looks after these three girls that are either, that are in really tough situations involving their parents. And, you know, they're all kind of basically functionally orphaned. Like they're not totally orphaned, but 
one girl's dad was deported and her mom is dead, so she's living on her own. She's technically – she is orphaned. The one girl is rich and her parents are, like, jet-setting all around the world, and the other girl's parents divorced and her mom's in a psych ward, and, like, they're all – Troubled teens, you know, gifted youngsters who need some sort of guidance, but we can't do X-Men yet, so it's okay, got to be okay. Madame Web. All right. And, what? and there was, this movie is so subtle in how it evokes the time period. It's as subtle as a BoJack Horseman flashback, only BoJack Horseman <laughs> flashbacks were supposed to be obvious that they have a song that says, 80s song, here's what we're doing, 80s song. Meanwhile, this movie has a moment where Britney Spears toxics on the radio and the the DJ's like, hey, I know you love this song. It's going to be, a, I'm telling you, it's going to be a big hit. Here's Britney Spears toxic. Let me ask you this. What do you think the point of this movie was supposed to be? Money. Really? That's it? Just money? Big money. Make a spider movie. Spider-verse go. I think it's it was basically Sony wants to keep a hold of as much of the Marvel machinery as it can, because I think they're the only studio left that has properties that Marvel doesn't outright own. I mean, I know Universal, I don't know if Universal still has the rights to the Hulk or Namor, the Submariner, who we saw in Wakanda Forever. Okay. Because, you know, uh, Marvel can still use those characters, but that's why you haven't seen a standalone Hulk movie, because technically... I think Universal still has the right to make standalone Hulk movies. The character can still appear in in Marvel Studios films. He just can't have his own solo without Universal getting some sort of kickback, I guess. Okay. So Sony basically owns these characters and owns the screen rights to Spider-Man at this point. And they're going to want to keep that intact as long as they can. Anyway, by any means possible. And that's why you've got Venom. That's why you've got Morbius. That's why you've got Craven the Hunter coming out, which also looks like it should just be printed on a DVD and not go to Blu-ray. I, I just feel like some of these movies that come out, like, you know, you go to, even to some of the lesser MCU movies, like they still had a point. There was a reason, a purpose other than money, you know? Like, yeah. I, I, don't, there, I don't. Go on. I, I was just going to say in the in the world of Spider-Man, I know Madam Web pops up from time to time, but I don't feel like it necessitates a movie. Does that make sense? And there were, yeah, yeah. and also there were points where they were thinking of doing, uh, I think, a Black Cat spinoff was in development at one point, a Silver Sable spinoff was devel- in development at one point. Like, there's so many of these other... I think Spider-Woman might be still in development. I'm not sure. But there's all... It's basically, hey, we've got Spider-Man and all the Spider-Man adjacent characters. We want that comic money. Okay. All right. Uh, Mike Reyes from CinemaBlend.com. That is the review of Dakota Johnson's Madam Web. You kind of feel bad for the people in this movie, right? Because they probably went into this thinking, oh, it's going to be awesome. We're in a spider movie for Marvel. It's going to be great. Next thing you know, it's just getting drummed by people, you know? Well, it's funny you mentioned that because Dakota Johnson did an interview recently. I think it was with The Wrap where she said, yeah, this movie massively changed from what was originally in the script to what we shot, and I can't even tell you how it changed. <laughs> uh, and I don't, I, I, I do not blame the actors. I mean, you had a really good cast in this. You have a fantastic cast in this. Again, you're, you're, you're wasting Adam Scott as Uncle Ben. That's it, interesting that they would. Uncle Ben. That's interesting that they would work in Spider-Man's mom and Uncle Ben into this, right? And Spider-Man's birth. 
and Spider-Man's birth. Yeah, That's... because when was Tom Holland born? Well, Tom Holland was born in 1996. Yeah, but in the world of this, you know. Well, yeah, because I'm trying to 2003. Think, oh, yeah, 2003. So then by time, let's see, Captain America. We were talking about this before, I think. Like, the Marvel movies technically take place in the year that they're released. Uh... So you've got 2016 for Captain America Civil War. So, yeah, but Peter Parker would be 13 at that point. Oof. <laughs> That's a... Yeah, the t- I think the timeline is still is still a little touchy. I mean, you you, you uh, let's let's face it, you've got what you call it. You had to have the TVA step in in that Marvel timeline book and say, yeah, there was a screw up when it came to Homecoming's timeline, and we don't know how that works. We still don't know how that works, but don't worry, TVA will fix it. The uh, I always love the uh, somebody had a meme up. They go, do you realize that a teenage Peter Parker? handled the winter soldier and they have the shot where he just catches his punch in the uh, yeah. airport fight and he's <laughs> like whoa man you, is that made out of, it goes into a completely different thing it is not trying at all yeah you know <laughs> uh, it's like peter peter parker and america one russia zero yeah uh, Mike Reyes from CinemaBlend.com on the line. All right, as we wrap up this week it is uh the 15th we're recording on at the moment <laughs> And uh, Marvel put out a trailer for X-Men 97. It's a continuation of the old uh, X-Men animated series. And it looks like it is going to return to Disney Plus March 20th. What say you, Mike Reyes? I think it looks fantastic. I didn't watch the entire run of X-Men back in its day, but I saw a couple episodes. I know enough that I want to go back and watch all of it. Because and I, I especially want to go back and watch all of it because this looks fantastic. The I I will say the I was never a huge like I watched it, but I, that was never my show as a kid. I I don't remember a lot of it. Uh, in watching this trailer, like the the animation looks good. It looks close. It doesn't look exact to what it was back then, but it's close. It like it's ballpark, you know. Oh yeah, they probably want to keep some polish on it, but at the same time go back to that earlier style so that way it fits in with the rest of the episodes because basically it's like, hey, the show never ended. We are just, you know, we took a break. Scott Summers is still a dork. Yeah. Yeah, he is. And the scene at the end where uh, they're all dressed in like, I don't know if they're working out or whatever. It's like, ah, okay. <laughs> Might have been coming from a funeral. In the workout gear? And Logan shirtless? They're X-Men. What do you expect? Okay. I'm not ex- real excited about it, but I'm not going to sit here and poo-poo on it, you know? I know there are people that are really going to dig it. It was just never it was just never my thing growing up, you know? Yeah. I mean, it could be worse. You could uh could be like Dakota Johnson and not have seen the movie that you're in cuz uh that just came up. Apparently Dakota Johnson said that she has not seen Madam Web yet and said I don't know when I'll see it. Someday. Um, Ms. Johnson, you don't need to see the movie. Trust me. <laughs> oh, I forgot to tell you my Madam Web story from last night. Oh, tell me your Madam Web story. All right. We're going to wrap up with this this week. Um, so one of our other stations, we were doing a uh, promotion last night for Valentine's Day. It was called Lanes of Love, and it was at one of our local theaters, right? Yeah. 
So I, uh, as the promotions manager of the building, yes, I'm like an executive of some sort sometimes, I went to make sure things were set up and, you know, everything was going all right at this thing, right? Yeah. We go. You know, the movie was the movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, well, they have a bowling alley at this place, and that's more what it was geared towards, Lanes of Love. Oh, nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was was fun. It It was a nice little time. But anyways... I'm talking to the guy, and he there's some some of the bigger movies coming up. He wants to do a few things with, so we got to talking, and we we're trying to you know brainstorm a little bit. And he said something about their grand theaters, their big one. I go, well, can we go look at it? He goes, yeah, we can do that. And he went over and asked the one girl at the desk. He's like, hey, is there anything going on? And you know, number one, she goes, no, nothing at all. So we go in, and he kicks this door open, and it's like the door in the theater, not like the entrance to the theater. It's kind of like the side door in the theater, like the almost emergency exit type thing. Yeah. We kick the door open and all these people turn and look at us. He goes, oh, this is Madam Webb. <laughs> uh, and we sit there and we start talking a little bit. I'm like, let's, Jesus, man, let's go over here and talk. And so we went over there and, and uh, yeah, he goes, the first thing we, he gets around the court, he goes, don't waste your money. <laughs> so and it was so weird because you would have thought they'd put the deadpool wolverine trailer in front of this movie you would know there was a bunch of horror movie trailers but there was no there was no deadpool wolverine trailer in front of this at least in no. my screening there wasn't well good times all right mike well um uh, we'll leave it at that this week anything else i should ask real quick i don't really think so no, it, yeah, just, you know, go web it up, people, because it's Morbin time. Ah, all right, everybody, have a great afternoon. Yeah, the Sony Spider-Man universe. Mike Grace from CinemaBlend.com joins me every week to talk about movies. Mike, you have yourself a good weekend. You as well, sir.